looking back at the best of Saturday racing from around the country and examining the major talking points of the day. This is Past the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing, taking racing ownership to the next level. Good morning, everyone, and thanks for being with us on Past the Post as we return for 2024. And we're coinciding, of course, with the return of Group 1 racing, the first Group 1 of the Australian racing season for the year, for the start of the year, of course, was the All Stakes at Caulfield yesterday. And an expected win and a popular win with Mr Brightside arriving in the nick of time. We'll talk about that very shortly. But a good meeting in all of Caulfield as we work towards the Blue Diamond and the Oakley Plate only a fortnight away. Of course, there's the Lightning at Flemington next Saturday. Things are starting to, to warm up in Sydney as well. We had the Millennium Race for the two-year-olds there yesterday and uh, a host of other feature races there. And, of course, good racing at Doombin and Morfordville. Well, the contracts have been signed. There's no more money for him, but he's back for another year. Ben Dorries, welcome back. Yeah, um, it's uh, terrific to be back. I've got to say, normally some of these uh, early autumn races, you know, the Group 1 races I'm talking about, they can, you know, they've got a sort of lead-up quality about them, and some people sort of doubt whether they're Group 1 affairs. But yesterday, that all stakes, that was an absolute... Uh, ripper. That was as good as just about anything you could it, see this autumn. It's an outstanding point you make. We looked at the field on paper. Mr. Brightside was always a shade of odds on. He ran a shade of odds on. And I think there was a little, uh, you know, murmur or talk that he mightn't be quite right for the race yesterday. But most thought he's the best horse of the race. He'll win. The essence of a great race, a great horse race, is watching it and not knowing who's going to win until they hit the line. And that's what happened yesterday, because if you watch that race all the way around, even if you never back Mr Brightside, you're watching and saying, can he, can't he, can he, can't he? The pace was electric. There was no place for the faint-hearted. You're right, it was an outstanding race to watch. Yeah, and look, I think Pride of Jenny in defeat, she was fabulous. Look, I doubted her a little bit yesterday. Just I, I went through and had a look at her first up record. She hadn't won first up in six starts, and admittedly, some of that was you know as she was coming up through the through the grades and whatever. But look, I thought two or three hundred out. I thought she's gone. She's going to finish fourth, fifth, beaten five lengths or something. She almost bloody won, David. Like she literally kicked back yeah. and almost won. And that, that's that's the other feature of the race, not knowing who's going to win, but then thinking. It might win. It might win. It might win. It may not win. Like you mentioned Pride of Jenny. I kept saying, when's Buffalo River going to stop? He just kept grinding away. Never raced in better form as he he gets on in life. We'll come to that uh, race in just a moment. Just one thing on a personal note. I noticed you late yesterday in a very pensive mood, a quiet mood, which is unusual for you. For our listeners out there who don't know Ben too well, he's... Normally Where's rambunctious and cute. I've got well, no I'm, idea where this is going. Well, well, just hang on. We're nearly at the end of the road. Uh, normally rambunctious and cheery and talkative, but in a very pensive mood yesterday. Did you have something on the Eleonora? No. I thought you would have uh, for sure. I didn't, but I uh, didn't have a scent. Um, <laughs> but to be honest, afterwards, I was wishing I had, even though um, he didn't win. Paid $11 the mm. place and arguably should have won. I mean, there was some interference there late. They had a good look at the film. Um, but you know what? I actually forgot to. <laughs> like, and crossing the line, I thought, what's that horse that's charging? I thought, shit, that's the Eleanor. Oh, no. Is it one? But I'll tell you what. We'll talk about this in the Brisbane segment. That horse is well and truly back, isn't it? I mean, that was three years off the scene. Group 1 Rose Hill Guineas. Singo's old horse. 
Billy Healy's got him humming. He'll win a good race this campaign. The reason I bring it up, folks, is that Ben wrote quite an extensive story and a good story about the Eleonora uh, on race day during the week. And I happened to see while I was still on my break and I thought yesterday that he would have had something on that for sure. But no, in true Dory's form, he forgot. <laughs> he forgot. <laughs> let's, go, let's go to the oar. Uh, $1.95, Mr. Brightside, when the starter said go. Pride of Jenny, 500 to go, a length Buffalo River, two and a half Ayrton, followed by V8, next in the field, Mr. Brightside with six lengths to pick up, and back behind them, Pericles, Pride of Jenny, joined by Buffalo River, 250 metres to go, it's last man standing, two lengths to Ayrton, V8, and Mr. Brightside is coming on now, Buffalo River at the 150, Pride of Jenny won't give in, and now Mr. Brightside is sprouting wings, here he comes, Mr. Brightside over the top, he he got up. He got up, Mr. Brightside. I think Mr. B's back in town. Beat Pride of Jenny and also Buffalo River. Then V8 Ayrton, Pericles, Bustler, Munamek, and a tissue was last. I know the position Matt Hill was in broadcasting that race because even just watching it, if you're not even calling it, just watching it, having a punt on it or not even having a bet, you were never certain that Mr. Brightside was going to claim victory until they reached the line. And is it in true Mr. Brightside's style? I suppose two things to, to point out here about this this wind bed. Firstly, he wasn't the best away. He, he he missed it slightly. And normally we see Mr. Brightside in these small wait-for-age races, travelling second, third, second, third, fourth, on the bit, going comfortably, and then he puts in. Yesterday, a whole different ball game, not that well away, midfield, bit worse, and chasing a long way from home. I must admit, watching the race, and I think... I would mirror a lot of people's thoughts. So early in his autumn campaign, with so many big fish to fry to come, the spot he was in, uh, underwriting, I thought this horse isn't going to win today. It's going to run a nice second or third. So, But he's just a winner, isn't he? I suspect yesterday, we all talk about Mr Brightside's talent. I suspect he just won on pure heart. Like, he just wanted to win. He just pinned the ears back late and thought, you know what, I've got these. Um but, yeah, Pride of Jenny was tremendous. Buffalo River, uh, I think, earns uh, a spot in the All-Star Mile for running third because, obviously, Mr Brightside and Prince of Jenny have already got one. So what's Buffalo River now, eight or nine? Like, he's just um, he's evergreen. I thought V8 was a pass mark, you know, first time against the older horses at Wait for Age, uh, got beaten a length and a half, never looked like the winner and never really finished with a flourish, but I thought it was a pass mark. Let's just praise Mr. Brightside's career. He had two runs as a maiden in... In fact, one run as a maiden in New Zealand. Since he's been in Australia, he's been here for two and a half years under racing conditions. We see him in the autumn, we see him in the winter. He's won 15 races, five of those at Group 1, three at Group 2, an all-star mile, was beaten an eyelash in the Cox Plate. Um, here he is back again for another, another campaign. Is he Australia's best racehorse? Oh, geez, that's a question without notice, but I reckon, yes. Got to go close. I, I, think, I think he is. And for the fan factor as well, look, I, I know you're talking about, you know, Group 1 wins and performance and talent, but I think every time Mr Brightside runs, I think racing fans and even some non-racing fans tune in and they want to see him run some of that with the non-racing fans. It'd be the catchy name, Mr Brightside, obviously, after the killer. And, you know, we see the celebrations and the song sung afterwards, but he's a real headline horse now. So, yeah, I think he is. Yeah, and uh, I imagine now he'll follow the uh, traditional well, the path that he followed last year. He'll go to the Futurity in a fortnight's time and then the All-Star Mile in a month's time where he's the $3 favourite to 
to take out his second All-Star mile. wonder if anyone got those odds about Mr Brightside that seemed pretty good with Alligator Blood still in the market there before. Alla, uh, before well, no, Alligator. I didn't. So, okay. so don't, 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 rub, don't rub it. Whilst rubbing it in, though, we must always mention when Mr Brightside wins a special mention to my good friend in Adelaide, Justin Brooks, who was offered a share of Mr Brightside, knocked it back. <laughs> You're the best you are. What's the record now? <laughs> 11.8 million in prize money. Morning, like you Juzzy. Just, you struggle to get out of bed in the morning, wouldn't you? Justin had a 50 to 1 chance at Morfordville yesterday. It was a late scratching. So, you know, it's a strange old game, the racing game, isn't it? Jeez, you've completely speared him. <laughs> and you call him a friend. Uh, well, he, I'd hate to see you and your enemies. He's a good friend. He's got a good restaurant in Hyde Park, Melt. Go to it. It's a good restaurant. Well, that was the, the Ore Stakes, Mr. Brightside being successful. Let's turn our attention now to the Blue Diamond Preludes. Of course, these are the final dress rehearsals for the, the big two-year-old race in a fortnight's time. And we'll go firstly to the Colts and Geldings. We were looking forward to this race because three horses were coming out of it or coming into it uh, with debut wins. High Octane bodyguard and stay focused but in the end the strongest support was for high octane ran 230 coming up towards the corner 450 out the leader is inner visions a length and a quarter to homes a court stay focused three deep coming on high octane waited with and then pieris untapped and bodyguard gets a trail into the race and is running on behind them cardiologist inner visions at the 200 meters stay focused on the outside coming hard and bodyguard is now letting rip on the outside bodyguard takes stay focused bodyguard hands and heels at the 50 and nick in front and it's bodyguard bodyguard won it. Second stay focused. Third homes are caught. Untapped and high octane. Didn't get a lot of room in the straight. Intervisions Pierre as cardiologist and Helberg last. Bodyguard Mark Zara running for Peter and Paul Snowden. Proving too strong for stay focused. Uh, beat him fairly and squarely with homes are caught. Another Snowden runner in third and another Snowden runner just behind them in high octane. The, the favourite. Let's dissect this race. The man to do it is uh, Paul Snowden. He joins us now as our first guest. Paul, good morning. Morning, how are you? Fitting well. Uh, you needed a, a few sets of eyes there in the home straight yesterday. Yeah, there was a little bit going on. Uh, certain runners there of ours that sort of lacked a little bit of room at times, but um, you couldn't be more happy with the, the winner. He was he's already a stakes winner his first start he had, and you know, he's come back in great shape. So, it's, um, yeah, it was, it was pretty a watch from that angle of things, but um, it certainly was a little bit of a train wreck for high octane, that's for sure. We saw Bodyguard, of course, uh, way back in October. Were you, you're always going to put him away uh, until now. I mean, there was a Magic Minions option, obviously, as well, I guess, at one point. Yeah. Um, look, he's he's always possessed a, a good, natural, uh, fair bit of ability. And um, to know just sort of how untapped he was going to Melbourne, I think from memory he drew 18 or 19 in the Breeders, and that's the reason why we sort of scratched and went down there a week later. Um, otherwise... Potentially, I really do think he could probably could have won that, and and we might have taken a different path, um, maybe towards a, a magic means. But the only sick group headed by James, obviously, you know, just thought, um, you know, we want to go for something quite a bit more firmer in his CV as far as a, a stallion goes. And these two races, um, you know, were well and truly on the cards to forgive him magic means. I know it's huge money and it's a big decision to make, but I think when you got the horse that can progressively improve and, and keep proving yourself. It's a pretty easy decision. We, we mentioned High Octane had little luck, uh, bailed away there. Going into the race, just just two questions to ask you, and, and I know you probably, you know, 
may answer this uh, diplomatically, but does the stable have an opinion between bodyguard and high octane in, in terms of is one better than the other? Uh, potentially, I don't think there's much between them at all, but there's one key stat that probably he had to go to a different level to meet bodyguard yesterday. Was Bodyguard's already done it at a mm. good level, and this horse won a, uh, the first heat of this three-leg series, obviously over 1,000 metres, and I dare say maybe if he got on, on level terms and got equal around luck, maybe he might have turned the tables on bodyguard. He, he did cover extra ground, and he was first up, but... Um, I think potentially there is nothing between them, but obviously luck in running, we've seen a different side of that. But I think, um, you know, if they have it, well, they will meet again in a fortnight and let's hope they draw both draw good gates and they can fight it out. I won't, I won't mind who wins. No, 100%. Um, the other question I was going to pose to you, and maybe it's too early to ask this, what will be the riding position in the, the Blue Diamond? So uh, Mark stays on bodyguard, um, there was a little bit of conjecture. Once he won on high octane, he was already booked for bodyguard about probably a month before then. Right. Believe it or not, um, under under my persistence, and um, he uh, he came out and won, and I had that in the back of my mind. Oh, the next day, I I thought he'd ring me. He rang me that night, asking, "Do you think it's a bad thing if I get off?" Or I know he was already committed to that ownership group. He came up and rode bodyguard twice in the tri- in trials. Um, and honestly, I, I thought that sort of bodyguards that ready-made racehorse, it didn't make sense for me to to ask, or I, I, I did because I have to. But I have to ask the question on both sides because mm. they're two my, my main clients, and uh, James was more than happy to keep Mark on. And he said, whatever, whatever goes. Um, we knew we had Blake thrown up for a, the other option if need be. And, um, no, they, they really wanted Mark on bodyguard because of the reason why he's come up and tried him a couple of times and obviously all the ownership group are well aware of who's, who's riding him. And, um, and he said, no, I didn't, didn't want to cause any dramas just for to ask the question, which we did, and we went on from there. So um, they both stay on then, boys. Blake will stay on Hyrocane and, and Mark rides bodyguard. Sure. And, look, I, I might have gone a bit mad here, but gee whiz, I think Holmes of Court's a nice horse as well. Hasn't won a race yet. Gone out big odds a double-figure odd, certainly, both times. But there's something about him as well. He just gets under the guard there. What are the plans with him? Yeah, well, look, he'll, he'll butter on through to that last leg at the moment. He'll run in the diamond. And probably he just keeps... Yeah, you're right. Look, he's, he's an upward speed horse that sort of makes his own luck. Um, and he's hanging there right to the line. So, ultimately, I think he... If the other horse got an even amount of luck, I've trained, definitely beats him home. Um, he just lacks that little bit of class at the top level, I think. Um, who's to say he won't find that you know, with, with some more racing under his belt? You know, it's, it's good to see him keep running well, and, and that's what you have to do this time of year to, to keep con, uh, running continuously towards the main goal like this is you've got to keep improving one run to the next. And his first that run was great, albeit second to high octane, but, I, you know, his run was excellent again yesterday. And, you know, he's, he's a, he's a no-fuss horse. He's very easy to train. He's a, got a lovely temperament and... And like I say, he goes about his business. He can take up a forward, forward role um, where need be. Obviously, <clears throat> Gay and Adrian are winning two-year-old races for fun at the moment. I mean, they could have half the slipper field. Do you foresee yourself having much of a slipper hand? Obviously, some of these horses could potentially progress on. What are you, what are you thinking slipper-wise at the moment? Yeah, look, both these boys, they'll, they'll will definitely butter up in the slipper. We've also got Fearless. Um, he was a bit unlucky the other day and potentially maybe going down to Melbourne for the blue dime also. 
I just timing of this race is, suits a lot of horses, and especially when they up and running now, you haven't got a you know, you're trying to give them limited race uh, numbers basically to get to, you know, potentially a golden super run. You don't want to have them four or five runs in, you know, and, and then going into a grand final like a slipper. So you're not going to last that long. But, um, yeah, it's just it's probably barriers will determine, you know, a couple of these if they do actually run or not, to tell you the truth. The other question I was going to put to you or observation I was going to put to you, I often find the blue diamond... I think it still sits in the, in the shadow of the Golden Slipper, and sometimes with the Blue Diamond, it'll, it's always a capacity field, but there might be like you know two, three, maybe four chances, and uh, the, the market is fairly thin. It's not the case this year. This, this will be one of the strongest Blue Diamonds we've seen. And I'll tell you why I make that point as well. Your horse bodyguard's unbeaten. Normally, he'd be a Blue Diamond favourite, yet he sits third behind Lady of Camelot at four dollars and Coleman at four dollars fifty. Uh, then your horse at high octane as well, and Nisa, stay forward, blah, blah, blah. It's a very strong blue diamond. And it's 1,200. So, mm. look, they've got to progress again on from yesterday. Um, you know, AD Philly's got to come down and run that extra little trip. It's going to be very good speed. It's going to be truly run. Um, you know, it'll be a nice... It's always a nice horse's race, like you say, David, and definitely a nice horse will win this race in a fortnight. But uh, whatever does win it, it'll certainly go a long way probably back up into a, into a slipper. And, and you've got to remember, too, it's a little bit shorter. Like when we won it with Seat Boy, I think it was about seven seven weeks between the diamond and the slipper. Mm. Um, at the moment, I think it's an, a month. It's four weeks between. So it's, it's very doable on, on horses' calendars that want to try and compete in both. And just in closing, happy with Embassy's debut run in Sydney? Yeah, I was very happy with him. He's Penny hasn't dropped him at all yet. He sort of gets out the front and probably just fails to sort of know exactly what he's there for. Um, I've got to say, on reflection, hard fence was probably not the ideal place to be yesterday, and that's where he was. So I've got to give him a little bit of a tick for that. And, um, like, he just got collared in the last stride. So he's ran very well. He's a horse that can probably improve out to a slightly longer trip at the moment. And, um, you know, he'll win his races. That's a very good point you make because the day went on. It was quite obvious tra- travelling three or four wide was, was certainly no disadvantage. Good day yesterday for the stable and uh, we look forward to, to more success in these, these races over the next few weeks. Thanks for, thanks for joining us. No problem. Thank you. Paul Stone, part of the training partnership with his father, Peter. And yes, they ha- did have a good day at the office. So, as I said, Bodyguard has done nothing wrong. Um, Yet Lady of Camelot, Lady of Camelot, four dollars, yeah, twelve hundred metres. I'm a little concerned there. Tell you the one I'm on, and I'm oh. still happy to be on. Didn't Do. win yesterday. Stay focused. Correct. Month between runs yesterday. Didn't didn't know what it was all about yesterday. And Bodyguard got the perfect suck run. Well, not perfect suck run, but he got, he got a nice run into the race. I just reckon a month between runs. Philip Stokel just iron out a few kinks. Draws well. Uh, nine or ten dollars. I'm still happy to be on. Well, I, I would say that the. Bodyguard was better than Stay Focus yesterday, but where I do land in your corner, and listeners, this is most unfortunate, but we have to reveal it. I'm also on Stay Focus <laughs> in the in the Blue Diamond at thirty four dollars and nine dollars fifty the place. Yeah, I'm not on it that price. before it won at uh, at Geelong. Yeah. My my man said to me, "You be on this." He said because if it wins today, it'll shorten up at the well, Blue what Diamond. What did you make of its run yesterday? It was a bit like a drunken sailor, wasn't it? Oh no, no look, I. I I think it's a very, very good two-year-old. And again, I, I re- reinforced the point. This is a very good blue diamond. And, and it also shows, it also shows, whilst two-year-old races 
on the eastern seaboard have been probably light in numbers. The talent score is extremely high. You've got all of these horses here in the Blue Diamond. You've got a whole batch there in Sydney as well. Yeah, I'm wondering, we, we talk about, uh, I mean, we're based in Queensland, aren't we? So we talk about Queensland issues a fair bit. And there was obviously a lack of two-year-olds in Queensland for many months and those Magic Millions lead-ups. But we're sport for choice in autumn, aren't we? There's so many big two-year-old races, Ooh. so much money. So I just get the feeling that a lot of uh, maybe it's just as simple as the two-year-olds generally are being produced later. Well, I mean, bodyguard obviously we saw way back in October or something. But there's a lot of two-year-olds that, I mean, bodyguard could have gone to the Magic Millions, for instance, but didn't. So yeah, well, you've got three big races, haven't you? Magic Millions in January, Blue Diamond in February, and Golden Slipper in March. Uh, they're basically three grand finals. It's impossible to do the. To do, to, well, you can try to do the three, but it's impossible to win the three. Did the air conditioning just go off? Reckon it did. No, I'm not sure. Mm. Either that. Can or... you be able to figure? You'd be good with a good handyman, wouldn't you? You'd be able to fix it. I'm always frightened someone's going to walk in here with a gun. <laughs> Where'd that I, come from? I, I have strange thoughts. Anyway, maybe they turn the air conditioning you, off first. You, you couldn't change a light bulb, could you? Like if a light went off in your place, you wouldn't know how I, to change I, it. I, I always say <laughs> two, to two things. I'm, I wear it as a badge of honour. I don't know how to mow a lawn and can't put gas into a car. On that note, Why we do have... you need a car? You, you don't even drive. No, I know, but if I did have a car, we'd not have a petrol <laughs> in Let's press on. And we haven't finished with this two-year-old discussion yet as far as Caulfield is concerned because let's not forget the Phillies stepped out a race later. Bold Bastille was the $2.10 favourite but was overcome late in the race. So it's Bold Bastille around the turn. 300 metres to go. Clicked up by Zara. A length in front of To Be or Not To Be. Back along the inside. Koryanagi is looking for the gaps. Just about got it. Bold Bastille. They've got a Koryanagi To Be or Not To Be. And Hayasugi on the outside. Koryanagi and Hayasugi. They're going to hit it together. And it's nearly a dead heat. A photo. Hayasugi or Koryanagi. They were followed by Matisse in company with To Be or Not To Be, who just misses the drum, I fancy. Ultimatum. Bold Bastille. Tired, followed by Flattered, Superlicious in her eyes. Loafer next, and then came Broadhurst. Well back, she hung the moon in company with Juviance and towards the back, Dancer for Money and Cool Star. It's a photo. Again, pointing out uh, that Hayasugi's done nothing wrong. Won the preview on Australia Day, then won the prelude yesterday. So two from two this campaign. It's $11 in the in the Blue Diamond. Just beating the South Australian visitor who ran the race of her life, Kirinaki. She won that race at Gawler, a four-horse field. It was a, a, a soft win, but, you know, a low-key win, but she nearly won yesterday. Hayasugi just getting the bob on the line. And I think also worth pointing out, whilst the, the, the bulk of the conversation about yesterday will be around the bodyguard race compared to Hayasugi's race, the times say there's not much between them. The Colts and Gildings ran 1-3-64 and the Phillies ran 1-3-66. Yeah, <laughs> I can't recover from that last. Oh. I'm still struggling. I've You're got easily tears amused. I've got I tears in my eyes. The only bloke in history who doesn't know how to put petrol in a car. Anyway, uh, terrific ride, I thought, from Jamie Carr. Arrived in the nick of time. Uh, Clint McDonald thought the bookies must have been crazy betting the price they did. And as you say, is now $11 for a Blue Diamond. Can't you win a Blue Diamond? Wouldn't have thought so. Yeah, well, I wouldn't totally discount it. Anyway, just uh, checking that market on the Blue Diamond in two weeks' time. Lady of Camelot, $4.00. Coleman four fifty, bodyguard at six, high octane seven, Anisa nine dollars, stay focused at nine, and then fully lit Hayasugi and Kurianagi all at eleven dollars. A very strong and a very competitive 
Blue Diamond in two weeks. One more race to check from Caulfield yesterday, and this was the Rubiton, as Fura, a very talented mare, looked ideally placed first up, and she ran the $1.80 favourite. Hypothetical, 550 metres to go, showing great burners, taking them on, almost two lengths Indian Pacific as Fura, then came Zapateo for the backers, Vivian Mornington Glory, Queen of the Ball, hunting the inside, then Sweet Ride, Kalos snapped, Bankmore, Barbies, Fox and Zathus, hypothetical, 250 metres to go, giving a brave exhibition, but as Fura's chasing hard, then came Vivian and Kalos down the outside, as Fura up to hypothetical, 100 to go, but here's Kalos, Kalos sliding on by Storms Home and it's Kalos, Kalos one at a length second as Fura, third Zapateo fourth hypothetical, then came Mornington Glory from Indian Pacific and Bankmore and Vivian and Snap from Barbie's Fox, Queen of the Bulls a Thuce and Sweet Ride When in something somewhat unknown first up yesterday Kalos in terms of we haven't seen him since uh, the early spring of last year, he was set out at $16, Jordan Childs given the the job to ride him and came with a really good run down the centre of the track for Godolphin and James Cummings to win. Yeah, I thought Asfura was okay. Um, just. Um, yeah. Uh, Henry Dwyer, I'll read you a quote from Henry Dwyer in the days leading up to the race. This is a direct quote. He said, you'd think if she's going to win an Oakley Plate where she'd be one of the favourites, she would need to be winning on Saturday. I, I thought the same thing. I thought, she, I mean, she wasn't terrible, but she didn't, you know... There's nothing out of that run that said she's going to you know, win a group one this, this autumn, I wouldn't have thought. I think your, your, your comments are spot on. I think it was Asfura appearing yesterday a length below the Asfura we know when she's at her absolute peak. And you can't make excuses about being first up because she's very good first up. And I think uh, what Henry Dwyer said is, is spot on. If she could win that race, it's not going to be any easier in two weeks' time. But Kalos, very good there yesterday, winning his seventh race at start 19. Let's um, well, go to the producer here now who's had a three-week break as well from the show. Can we take a break now? We'll take a break and come back and then concentrate on racing at Royal Randwick yesterday. You're listening to Radio Tab's Pass the Post with David Fowler and Ben Dorries. And, of course, Pass the Post brought to you by Archer Park Racing. Their website is archerparkracing.com.au and it is very important... You go and have a look at that website. I say that this every week, but particularly today because, of course, they've got all their young horses they purchased at the, the Magic Millions sale up there on the on the uh, website. Uh, you can take as much or as little as you like as far as the share is concerned, but all the details are there on the website, archerparkracing.com.au. And good luck to the team with Scantoon, who's racing at Sunshine Coast today. And I say good luck to me as well because I've got a little share in Scantoon. So I think he can win today. What price? Favourite is two dollars eighty. Heavy track, twelve metre rail. Hopefully, he can bounce to the front and keep improving his position. Well, maybe you can have a decent bet, and if it wins, you can get some education in um, putting petrol in a car. That'd be terrific. I can't believe it. Like that, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. No, no it's not. I don't know. No, you you would the, be the only person over 18 in the world, literally in the world, that cannot put petrol in a car. That that is crazy. Well. In the old days, I remember... As a, they, <laughs> you used to get to someone be, to do it for you. There were servants there who didn't... <laughs> what, what do they call them? Assistants or whatever? Bowser people. Ba- ba- Bowser boys. <laughs> Bowser boys. <laughs> oh, look, come on, let's get back and be serious. Let's go to... We're continuing with our talk about two-year-old racing. It's, it's very big at this time of year. The English Millennium, a $2 million race, was the feature at Royal Randwick. And as Ben said earlier, Adrian Bond and Gay Waterhouse... Are just having fun winning these two-year-old races, an extraordinary strike rate this season, and they provided the favourite here, fully lit, 
who drew a bad barrier. Trunk turns the corner in front. Trunk and Arts alive, followed by Fully Lit. Nymphadora the outside's had a tough run. Otison's darting up the inside. Express yourself. Ruderial working into the clear. Fully Lit at the 200. Fully Lit's a length clear from Nymphadora. Ruderial into the clear. It's Fully Lit 100 out. Fully Lit a length clear from Ruderial closing in. It's Fully Lit though. Fending off all challengers and Fully Lit wins the English Millennium beat. Ruderial and Rag Queen charging home into third. Then winning proposal, El Morzio. Otison got its chance. Followed then by Zesterman Whiteout from Nymphadora. Then came Trunk from Thundering Soul. A gap to Arts Alive, Beer Baron, Express Yourself, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, and Bella Cardesia was last in. I don't know what adjectives you use. It's, it's uh, extraordinary. It's astonishing. It's outstanding what Waterhouse and Bonner do with so many two-year-olds and winning so many races. And... Come Blue Diamond Day, then particularly Golden Slipper Day, then the numbers they're going to have, again, could be quite extraordinary. But yesterday, it was fully lit on centre stage. Two from two now. When I say afforded no favours, three wide, no cover. But I think it's fair to say that as the day progressed, we saw that being in that position, three or four or five away from the rail, was no disadvantage. Nevertheless, this cult by Hellbent does everything right, and he was strong to the line. Yeah, for sure. Regan Bayless probably... Summed up exactly what you just said, Danny. He said, look, I pretty much got more confident as the day, you know, um, got longer, you know, drawing the wide gate just with the way the track was racing, that he didn't need to find the fence. He was quite happy just to sit three deep and and just get the horse into a nice rhythm. So, well, probably I reckon the way the track was racing may have have helped that horse. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, this gay and Adrian domination of the two-year-old ranks. I mean, they're normally strong in this department, but, I mean, this is shaping as one of the stories of the racing season, the racing year, isn't it? I mean, they could, as I said before, and it sounds silly saying it, but it's a fact. They could have half the gold slipper field. Half the field. Oh, God, imagine that. Wowee. Oh, look, I don't think this is one of their top stringers. This was a restricted race yesterday. Uh, English restricted, obviously. But you can only do what you can do. <laughs> yeah, but isn't it a nice position to be in? Yeah. Not one of the top stringers. Yeah. It's just won a $2 million race. Just to put some facts to the, the um, comments we're making, uh, Gay and Adrian have had 12 individual two-year-old winners from 16 races this season. That's, uh, as I said, astonishing, extraordinary and outstanding. Fully lit is $11 in the Blue Diamond. Let's go to the sixth race of the day. This was a black type. Oh, just, just before we go off the Millennium, the Queenslander, El Mazio, did have a lot of room in the straight, wasn't too far away, so she acquitted herself quite well without a lot of luck in the big field. Let's go to the Eskimo Prince. This race for the three-year-olds, most of them resuming, and in the end, Moravia was the $3.50 favourite. So not a great deal of speed here. It's Griff just in front of Moravia. And then came Kabbalah. Celestial Legends eyeing off an inside run in. Cap a bit strung up. Macarena's pulling wide and Tom Kitten is asked to go a bit flat-footed there. So Moravia takes the lead. Griff didn't find a great deal and Kabbalah strides up on the outside. And Kabbalah's went past Moravia. Then came Macarena and Celestial Legend hitting the line on the fence. But it's Kabbalah's pushed on. Kabbalah's clear. And Kabbalah's a great winner of the Eskimo Prince. Beats the Philly Macarena. And then Cap got up to run third in front of Moravia and Celestial Legend. Tom Kitten was only warming up at the end of the 1,200 metres and Griff, who led them up, has finished last. Well, Kabbalah has had two runs for Bjorn Baker for two wins and yesterday taking black type in the Eskimo Prince with uh, Josh Parr riding. $7 chance, set at a fairly liberal odds. Let's, uh, let's talk to the man 
who knows the horse best. Uh, only had him for two runs, but for two wins, Bjorn Baker joins us now on Past the Post. Bjorn, good morning. Morning, guys. Congratulations. It was a, it was a big day at the office with three winners there yesterday, but we'll concentrate on Cabalas. And we've been mentioning this morning on, on the program that sitting a bit wide wasn't a disadvantage, but what I liked about this performance, he was three wide, no cover, really good turn of speed and just put his rivals to the sword. Yeah, he did, and uh, no, he's a, a very exciting horse. He's a million-dollar colt. So he's definitely one of the better-looking horses I've ever trained and definitely one of the, the best pedigrees I've ever trained. And um, I've only had him this preparation. I was very lucky to get him, and Derby Racing bought him. When you buy them off Waller and, and Coolmore, uh, it's a big risk, and uh, you're buying off the best in the business. So I'm the lucky benefactor of a very good horse, and... Uh, yeah, funnily enough, even his two-year-old form held up yesterday with the Estriella winning really well at uh, in in Melbourne. So, I think he'll go on to better things. I can't help but think he'll be better even next preparation. Now you're an excitable chap, which is why people love you. They see you on social media getting <clears throat> up and about. I'll read you what you said yesterday after this race. Calabas is the second best horse I've trained after Osmosis. Now, were you well, getting? Were you, hang on, hang on. Were you getting too excited there, or if you weren't, explain why to us. Well, I meant to say the second best looking horse. Oh. So, but, you know, anything for a free plug and uh, good press is free press and he's still a cult and he's now a group winner. So why not? He could, if I didn't have osmosis, he probably would be the best. But no, he's an exciting horse and um, he is. He's a, he's a rock star. He's got uh, just a great looking horse. He's got a great attitude too. So I was just I'm coming to the English sales today, of course, trying to buy some new horses, and uh, we just had a good look at him, and he's as good a looking horse as you'll ever see. And just on English, what a lovely race coming up for this horse uh, down at Flemington in a few weeks' time. Yeah, and uh, looking forward to to getting down there. I think uh, Derby and I won it with Overpass mm. a couple of years ago, so. I think this guy should should be very well placed in a race like that. Um, and then hopefully he can run well and we may look at a race through the championships like the Arrowfield, possibly three-year-old 1200 Group 2. And if he won a race like that, he'd definitely have a home at stud. Can you give us a bit of an update on Overpass? Well, we've got you obviously last seen winning the Winterbottom in Perth, where I must say I had a fabulous lunch with you the day before. Wasn't that a lovely time? Can we? Can I come over again, do you think? Can you put me in your luggage or something and oh. we'll do it all again? Yeah, I'm pretty sure you didn't shout lunch, nor did you shout afterwards either. No, nah, but you had the pleasure of <laughs> <in> my company. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a, a very good fun. We actually just sponsored, didn't we? Magic Millions for that one. Very well done. Um, uh, he's coming along super, so he'll just head straight back to the quokka. Um And we'll very much follow the same path as last year. We'll give him a couple of trials, probably gallop between races, a day out at the races, and I think he'll be very well suited. And I'm sure uh, there's, it's not going to be an easy race, but I think he's going better than ever. And when are we seeing osmosis? Well, he had his first gallop on, on the grass yesterday and uh, he went really, really well. I think, if anything, he's he's come back bigger and stronger. And uh, he's... Uh, even I just had a look at him in the stables. He's just got a great attitude. Uh, just an absolute pleasure to do anything with. I, I, I just can't wait to get him back to the races. So he'll go to the Galaxy and then maybe into the TJ. Uh, he's got to step up against the big boys now, but... He is capable of that every day of the week. I think he is uh, he is absolutely top class, just quality all over. And 
makes uh, when you've got a horse like him, it's very easy. And when you've got a good horse, and he showed that conclusively during the spring, th- there is no place to hide at the end when you get to the top, is it? No, there isn't, and uh, we've got to we've got to throw him under the deep end now. Um, and yeah, I, I was very confident he'd run well in the Coolmore, and um, I, th- uh, I thought he was a big, big hope, and he, he delivered. And I thought he had a little bit left in hand too. So I, I just can't wait to get him to the races, and he's going to have to have to be very good to take on the the big horses. But I've got no doubt he's capable. What about? Um seeing as we're broadcasting from Queensland, have you got a Stradbroke horse in mind or, or a Queensland group? I mean, for, for instance, could Overpass come up here and uh, run in some of the group ones after Perth or, or is that too hard, you know, going to Perth and then Yeah, we here? did that last year. Where, where he was just run down by Giggy Kick in the Doom uh, and 10,000 and he will probably go to the Quokka and then probably follow that same path. We might even give him a, a one or two more possibly and look at a race like the Stradbroke and Kingsford Smith, of course. So... Uh, he's one, one or two other sneakies. We'll just see what happens and see how we go. But I definitely want to get up to, to Brisbane. I've been all over the place this uh, season, except we haven't had too much luck up up in in, in uh, your state. But we'll get there. I love getting up there. Be your shout for lunch, wouldn't it, when you see me up here? Guaranteed. Yep. I'll Excellent. shout. Excellent. I'll shout. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, seriously, I have to bring this story. I t- I tipped him a winner at the start of November. And he said, that, mate, that was a great result for me. He said, whatever bottle of champagne you want, you can have. And I nominated the what I want, which is, of course, top label. We're now approaching March and still not even a bottle of champagne on the desk. I mean, you can't get anything out of him. Nothing. Yeah, well, he's a journalist. They lie for a living. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. Look, before you go, you've got to go and spend some money in Inglis. I know that. Uh, two progressive horses won the last two races for you, a more victorious and she's an A-lister. Both relatively lightly raced and both with good strike rates. Yeah, no, the um, more victorious just keeps raising the bar. I thought his win was amazing yesterday, and he's a sort of a, another good horse for Derby Racing. He's a big stride and good-looking horse, and um, we, we just have a good think about it. We might even try and qualify him for a race like the Doncaster down on the minimum. You've got a dream, that's what it's about, but uh, he's definitely got... A lot more in store. And she's an A-lister. She started off in the bush. She was only a cheap yearling. And I think she'll she'll get to stakes class, no doubt. So three in a row. Uh, we'll probably run her over 1,100 in two weeks. I think she'll be a good chance there again. And then um, then we're just going to find some more. As I walk into English, spurnbakerracing.com.au. Always looking for new clients. We love Queenslanders. It's my favourite state. I'll see you soon. <laughs> what a great ending. Can't say anymore. Good. Have a good day. Thanks, guys. Thanks a lot. Ewan Baker joining us this morning. Always a pleasure to have on on the past the post. Yeah, had a good day yesterday. Three winners in the city. Yeah, tremendous. And you know what? He, uh, I love. Uh, I was actually talking to someone yesterday who used to sort of be involved with his social media that his wife does now. But he said uh, basically the, the modus operandi with him is not to sort of take video of the horse winning. It's to or stand next to Bjorn. It's to actually stand in front of him and take video of mm. him watching the race and celebrating. Well, I don't actually know why more trainers do that because it it sort of makes you actually want to have a horse with him, doesn't it? You know, you think this place is a lot of fun. I'd oh, like to get involved. 100%. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. You can't win all the time. You've got to win and lose. But if you can have some fun, you know, and, and, and uh, share the experience, is a good thing. He certainly had a lot of fun in Perth. I can uh, vouch for that. Yeah. Was, um, but um, a lot of fun. you maintain your trend. You know one thing. Can I just tell you something as a footnote to that, that interview? 
pockets are there for your hands to go into them. Do you yeah. get what I mean? Yeah. Mate, it's, it's coming. Just... Yeah, but so was Christmas. Well, Christmas has actually already been. Yeah, but the next one's coming. <laughs> One more race from Ramwick. The Lonro played another two-year-old race. Now, and no, this is a, a Waterhouse bot runner. Was soft to the market, though, 230 out to 380. Here's the replay. It's Embassy in front, 375 out from a node, revved up, staying well off the fence. Embassy now felt for on the inside of a node, and there's not much between the pair. Embassy showing plenty of fight on the rails. Clear then from Castagna running on. Celerity in the 300, wide out. Embassy dashes, two lengths clear, 100 out. Castagna's rattling home. Embassy in front of Castagna. They hit the line, and Castagna right on the wire. Castagna knocked off Embassy with a node third. Celerity made up many lengths to finish in fourth on the outside of the 300 and Frobel star. Then Laroa, further back Kingdom under siege from Bronco Revolution and a gap to Mrs Marie and Capital Dancer. This is a good filly, Castagna. On debut she ran into Switzerland uh, at Randwick two weeks ago <laughs> and t- yesterday afforded no favours with the wide gate back in the ruck and finished very strongly to beat Embassy, who we discussed with uh, Paul Snowden and a node just peaking late, sat wide, but as we said, no disadvantage there. 57.48 at the time, and uh, she's above average, this filly. Yeah, I think Annabelle Neesham's definitely got a, a golden slipper contender there. Visually spectacular, I've got to say. Like, with just, I mean, I haven't looked at the times, I'm sure you have, but um, just watching the race, you thought, where are we? This is a good horse. So next week, uh, we've got uh, three Group 2s and a Group 3 in Sydney, and of course, it's the Lightning in Melbourne, where Imperatriz is a dollar seventy, there'll be a lot of conversation about her during the week. Private Eye resumes at four fifty. I am unstoppable at six with Bella Nepotina Cylinder and Espiano at eight dollars. That's the lightning down the straight next Saturday at Flemington. We've discussed Caulfield, we've discussed Royal Ramwick. Let's turn our attention to Doom. And we had a ten race card yesterday. Thank God the weather was uh, not as warm or as humid as it's, as it's been. Let's go to our first replay, the ninth race of the day. Boom Talk, who won the cutest Magic Millions Cup, uh, catapulted up in the ratings to be an open company yesterday, but was a confidently back favourite. 45 won the first split running to the turn, and the leader was Montenegro Man from Boom Talk, leads it by a neck. Hatchet in third, but being pushed along. Oscar Zulu off the bit, likewise, don't stop. Legal Esprit coming wide with some sort of run, and then came Animate. In the straight below the 300 metres, Montenegro Man now under siege from Boom Talk. How much has the favourite got to give? Then Hatchet, Oscar Zulu down the outside, the Eleonora, and never know more. Boom Talk being swallowed up, the Eleonora, and never know more. Never know more on the outside of the Eleonora, never know more just in front and beat the Eleonora. Legal Esprit, third, fourth, Oscar Zulu. Boom Talk, fifth, missed the place. Then Wapati, followed by Montenegro Man. Don't Stop, Hot Spring Gold, Roman Aureus Animate. Hatcher dropped right out and beat one to the line, which was barred on in 1987. Yes, Never No More and the Eleonora. They made their runs together. They were both roughies, but it was Never No More victorious. Jake Bayless riding for Matt Dunn, who now joins us on Past the Post. Matt, good morning. Morning, David. I was saying to uh, Paul Snowden before he needed a couple of sets of eyes watching his three runners in a race at Caulfield. Uh, you would have been watching Boom Talk. When did you start to have a look at Never No More? Um, about 50 hours. <laughs> um, Probably. D- did it totally surprise you? Uh, not so much. I mean, I think we should have expected it because he, he's, a, he's an exceptional wet tracker and by the time... His race came around the track. It obviously deteriorated quite a bit worse with that drizzle that we had through the day. So 
uh, you know, I mean, I stopped in mass preparation because we couldn't find wet tracks for him pretty much. So that's that's how much um, how much emphasis we sort of put on him finding the right track. So um, particularly when they went so quick up front, you know, that that was always going to sort of set it up for horse with his pattern and. Um, and he's got some nice form around him. You know, I know it's patchy and all over the place, but that's mainly because of the firm tracks that he doesn't like. So hindsight's easy, isn't it? Matt, I thought there were clear excuses there for Boom Talk. I reckon uh, clearly if the punters who backed him at a dollar, uh, sorry, two dollars said he would have been disappointed they didn't win. But just the, you know, the race pattern sitting outside the leader, as you pointed out, it was a bit of a messy track by that stage. It was just all a bit upside down and a bit bit mucky for him. I, I thought. What did you think, and has the horse pulled up well, and, and what are we thinking? Oh, yeah, look, he's pulled up fine, and I'm with you. You know, I mean, um, Jimmy said after the race, is certainly not the way to ride him, but what do you do from a gate like that when he begins that well? I mean, I can't I can't sort of condemn the ride in any way, shape, or form because he, he began well and put himself into the race, and he didn't ask him to go and sit outside leader. He sort of took himself there. Um, and then they just they ended up sort of working a little bit harder than what he probably thought. Um, the track he didn't like, and I did have a little concern. We had a bit of a chat to you about it just before the race. So I was a bit worried about how the surface might play for him because um, the breed generally don't handle uh, rain-affected ground. Um, and at the worst, he's sort of been on his soft, and I think that track was probably a bit worse than soft by that race um, with, with the rain that we had. So, no, there were plenty of excuses. And he, he lost a front shoe in the run. That's probably another sign. He's sort of changing his action, trying to adopt, adopt to the, adapt to the track. Um, and and he'll be fine, you know. He's um, he's pulled up well after. Um, we'll push on with his prep. He'll go to a classics plate in a couple of weeks, uh, which would be really well placed at the weights in, and then go through that listed race on on Jewel Day, um, and that'll do him for this prep. We'll pull up stumps. I, m- I mentioned yesterday in our preview in the morning, he he, he you know won the million dollar race, uh, which is a great result uh, on Magic Millions Day, the, the cutest quality race. You take a big hike in the ratings, don't you? He went from a 75 and he, he emerged as a 92 rating yesterday. Is that a good or bad thing for, for these sort of horses? Uh, probably a bad thing for the horse, but, I mean, I think it's understandable, you know. Uh, you know, there's got to be some emphasis put on how much money you're racing for and when you can pick up 600000 in one go, you've got to expect to get punished with so. points. Um, you know, it's the equivalent of, what, 12 Saturday races in Brisbane, so... If he won 12 of them, he'd probably be a bit higher, be a bit yeah, higher than point. now. So, you know, I mean, I understand it. Um, it's always a bit of a sticky point when you, when you get loaded up like that. And it makes it a bit harder for them. But I'm hoping that he's he's a fair bit better horse than what we've sort of seen of him already. He's going to improve again. And, and ratings points might be an advantage sort of going into the winter to get some runs in some better races, perhaps. You know, I think he's up to that, that level, so I don't think it'll hurt him. Yeah, and that, that was the other point I was going to make. The, the one advantage is we often see progressive horses miss out because they haven't got enough ratings points. So in this case, it it does work in their favour. Uh, tell us about Sydney yesterday. Sydney was interesting. Um, a horse in the highway race, uh, he probably should have just about won. He didn't get much joy, got a long way back. and um, Which can happen in highway races, you know, because there's a few, few horses that... that are, ones that you probably don't really want to follow and there was a bit of traffic and he got held up and he probably should have won for sure and Derry Grove just missed the bob pretty much but mm. um, Magic Beans Day we were lucky enough to get it and, and yesterday we didn't so you can't win every time but both horses raced really well in Sydney. Um, Derry Grove will stay down and go to a, a similar race at Rose Hill over 1100 in a couple of weeks um, Belvedere Boys will come home and he's still in the country championship qualified out Lismore on Saturday so that's an option 
Uh, whether he goes there, if it's too quick for him, might take him to a wild card race or something, perhaps. Um, I think he's up to that standard. It's funny, Adam Hieronymus yesterday said to me, I'd rather ride him in a better race because he's up to a better level than this. And he's not sort of getting not getting horses coming back in his face in the early part of the straight with his pattern, of course, because he gets a long way back. But um, I was pretty happy with, with the way that everything raced pretty much yesterday. It's, um, team's going good, and yesterday was another another good day. It could have been better. And Matt, you're not you're not sort of prone to making big grand statements, but you sort of half made one to, to me, which you know we did a story sort of based around a couple of days ago in regard to Fukabana. Uh, you thought this three year old has the potential. You're not saying he is clearly at the moment, but it certainly has the potential to become the best horse in your stable. Now that's quite a big statement, really. You've got some really nice horses. Went out a dollar forty yesterday and won well, but again it was sort of similar to the to the last run, which he, he didn't win. Just. Yeah, just because of the way the, the race was run, had to, Jimmy Orman had to take off early. On this occasion, he got the job done. But, gee whiz, you've got something to work with there, haven't you? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, you sort of try not to get too excited about these horses coming through because most of the time they let you down. But I, th- I think he's an exception. He's, um, I think he's a very good horse. Uh, he probably should have got beaten yesterday, the way the race was run and, and what we had to do. Uh, but his, his class prevailed. And, you know, when they can overcome those things and win as well as he did, only a small field, and, and I think there was probably still a little bit of depth to it. You know, it was by no means a, a race that's in any way comparable to, to the races that you possibly might go to in Sydney in the autumn. Um, but he's, he's got lots of upside. He's still learning how to gallop properly. He sort of switched and changed legs a few times and was trying to get to his top speed yesterday. So there's plenty left. Um, when he figures things out, it'll be a good thing. He's an interesting horse because... I'm a bit restricted with, with the way I work him at home because I can't put him with mates. He wants to overdo things too much. So, I mean, the advantage of that is that I, I get his work done properly, but the disadvantage is that he's not getting that competitive experience every time he sort of has a, a sounding gallop at home. And that probably comes against them early stages of their career. Uh, but that's just something he's going to have to work out and work with, and we will too. But um, what I've seen of him so far, um, he's a beauty. He's, he's going to make a, a really good horse when he gets to his right trip. He's probably a miler, maybe a bit further. I'm not sure yet, but um, the way he went yesterday, I just love the way that he, he sort of puts yesterday when he put them away. He didn't just get, I know he only won by length and a half or something, but when you look, watch him through the line, he's charging away from him, you know. So to me, that, that um, that's a really good indication. He's not even in his top speed yet, so he's got plenty left to give. I like the way he settled as well yesterday too. Thanks for joining us this morning, Matt. It's a pleasure, guys. Thank you. Have a good day. Matt Dunn joining us uh, with a good day at the office with a double there yesterday. And that is past the post for February 11. You'll join me tomorrow morning on Press Room? Yeah. and got you lined up tomorrow. You got me lined up. Got you lined up tomorrow. You always say that. You hit me with a lettuce leaf, please. Well, maybe maybe ten lettuce leaves tomorrow. Actually, in fairness, there is a bit to discuss. There's a bit going (laughs) on. Um, You know, uh, with the Queensland Racing Integrity Commission, I wrote a story today in the, the Sunday Mail. Uh, giving some of my thoughts. It's on RaceNet as well, but that's one of the things we can discuss tomorrow, David. 100%. And, folks, thanks for your company. Glad uh, or great that you're back with us for 2024. A lot of big racing coming up during the latter part of the summer and then, of course, right into the autumn in March and April. We'll talk next week. You have a good day today. Bye-bye.